Despite being previously linked to Kevin Hayes, does it make sense for the Wild to get back into trade discussions? Short answer, no. Longer answer on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we discuss a recent report that the Wilds have some interest in Flyers forward Kevin Hayes and why it doesn't make any sense from a Minnesota Wild perspective, from both a contract perspective and also from a roster perspective perspective. Uh, Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and wanted to dig into this one a little bit just to um, kind of break things up with all of the player evals that we have been doing. Uh, A tweet from earlier yesterday in which it said the following, the Carolina Hurricanes, Dallas Stars, Minnesota Wild, Detroit Red Wings, and Columbus Blue Jackets are among teams interested in Kevin Hayes per Frank Cervalli of the Daily Faceoff. And that right there, you look at that tweet and you're like, Okay, that is interesting because the um, the bus is kind of full for the Minnesota Wild at this point, and the Wilds really don't have a uh, a lot to play with in terms of taking on salaries, and so there are a lot of hurdles right off the bat for any type of deal, uh, even if Kevin Hayes was a player that the Wilds were seriously interested in. And so heading to the daily face-off to read a little more, uh, here's what Cervalli had to say. Interim Flyers GM Danny Briere acknowledged in a recent interview on Frankly Speaking that some players simply aren't fits for the Flyers, either through timeline or with John Tortorella or both. Hayes seems to check a lot of those boxes. Previous Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher made Hayes available prior to the trade deadline, but it was too complicated of a transaction to pull off in a short period of time. There was definitely interest, though. The Hurricanes, Stars, Wild, Red Wings, and Blue Jackets were among those to kick tires. He'd be an ideal fit with his hometown Bruins. The Flyers seemed willing to retain salary if need be. Expect them to help facilitate a deal for Hayes. So, interesting in that in the wild doing their due diligence at the trade deadline, entirely possible that they did kick the tires on a player like Kevin Hayes, but obviously went in different directions with Gustav Nyquist, Oscar Sundquist, John Klingberg uh, for their trade deadline acquisitions. 
Former Wild GM Chuck Fletcher, also not surprised that uh, they weren't able to get anything done before the deadline because, well, Chuck had uh, he had a rough year uh, for the Flyers before he was shown the door. So not surprised that nothing worked out there, but there just there are a lot of different angles to break down for a potential move. Let's just let's just say just for hypothetical sense that the Wild are still interested in Kevin Hayes. What kind of player is he at this point in his career? Well, he has been playing in the NHL since he was 22. Started out with the New York Rangers, was traded to Winnipeg and then came to Philadelphia where he's been for the last four seasons. He's been relatively healthy, um, hasn't had a full 82-game season yet, but he has been in the 70 or above four games uh, for a majority of his career. So health, right off the bat, uh, not um, not a detractor for Kevin Hayes and his services. He also was just under... 50% 50% in terms of faceoffs with the Flyers this past season. So that also, he can uh, he can win you some faceoffs. That also not a detractor. But I got to be honest folks, that's about it. In just looking at this situation, that's about it for me in terms of the things that Hayes would bring to the table that are positives. He scored 18 goals this season. He has topped 20 goals twice in his career. Came close in 2018-2019 when he played for the Rangers and for Winnipeg for the final 20 games of the year. He had 19 goals that season in 71 games. His career best, 25 goals. That was back in 2017-2018. He also had 23 goals back in 2019-2020 in 69 games. But he's more like a 17, between a 15 and a 20 goal scorer as opposed to a 20 or above. Settles more in that range. Shooting percentage. Shot 8.6% this season in 209 shots, which was a career high for him uh, by a wide margin. It was over 30 better than his previous career best back in 2019-2020. So career high in shots, his shooting percentage has been under 10% the last three seasons. Yes, he can get you some points on the power play. He had six power play goals this past season, um, as well as 10 power play points. So 16 total uh, power play points with the assists added in. It's just not a lot that jumps off the page at you to where you would look at this and say, yes, this is a worthwhile acquisition for the Wild to try to make. It just, it doesn't move the needle for me. Now, maybe at the trade deadline, had the Wild pursued this further, um, that would have been a different story. But there are other angles to this that just make it not feasible. And so I'm I'm using this opportunity with this episode to just try to kind of throw some water on this uh, because I just, 
I don't see a way that it is feasible to happen because not only do you have the issue of just what Hayes brings to the table in general, there's a contract attached. And so we'll discuss that as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Well, unfortunately, if you have been following the Minnesota Twins, not, uh, not a great time to be betting on them. However, it seems like despite the Twins not scoring... The overs have majorly been in play when the uh, opponents are able to cash in. So my piece of advice, until particular players start to really pick it up for the Twins, take that over and prosper. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we will continue to uh, bring you season evals throughout the uh, upcoming few days. We'll talk about the rest of the third-pairing defensemen, Alex Goligoski, John Klingberg, Brock Faber. But we're also going to mix in as well the possibility that the Wild try to move up in this draft. Joe Smith of The Athletic had a uh, great breakdown of what that would take, and so we'll uh, we'll investigate a little bit as to just what it would take to move up and whether or not that's worth it for the Minnesota Wilds, so make sure to stay tuned for that as well. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on those topics and others as well. So we were talking about Kevin Hayes and why I don't think it makes sense for the Minnesota Wild to try to go the route of acquiring a player in Hayes who, again, for me, just doesn't really seem to jump off the page all that much in terms of statistics and otherwise. Oh, and then there's the fact that his cap hit for the next three seasons is 7142 million dollars and some change he's 31 years old and so you would then have his contract on the books for the next three seasons and so that also does not match up with what the Minnesota Wild are looking at over the next two seasons you would have to have at minimum the Flyers retain half of that if you were going to make something work, which means that you are going to pay a little more for them to do that. Um, And further point, you look at a couple of contracts that you would need to try to move uh, in order to make this work. I'm playing devil's advocate here, uh, just trying to lay out everything that would need to happen for something that I've already put my stamp on and said, don't do it. Uh, you would need to move a couple 
oh, at least one player in order to make this work. Uh, we know that Matt Zuccarello, Marcus Foligno going into the final year of their contract, Ryan Hartman as well. You'd have to move one of those guys to Philadelphia in order to make that happen to free up money to take on the additional salary. Now, would Hayes be an upgrade over those guys offensively? Maybe. I think you would probably have a higher floor than you would with, say, Felino or Hartman. You'd probably have a higher floor with Hayes, somebody that could get you 10 to 10 to 15 goals, which is a number that Felino rarely hits, hardly ever hits. And it's a number that Hartman is is capable of, uh, but we got a chance to see what happens when the penalty minutes start to to climb and the production dips. So Hayes could theoretically give you a, a higher floor, and the other part of the equation is he's not a guy that takes a ton of penalties. So I guess that would be, I guess that would be the third positive, is he's not somebody that takes a ton of penalties but it still isn't an, enough to really move the needle for me. So you'd need to move, let's just for argument's sake, let's just say Felino. So you're going to have Philly retain half, which would get that down to about 3.6, right about there, $3.6 million cap hit. Uh, and so... You move Felino. You are you're pretty even. You're losing about six hundred thousand in cap room for next season. Then you would have to really find a way to massage the books after that because then Hayes would be on there and you wouldn't have that factored in. And another year in which you're going to have $14 million not available to be used. So there would be a tough decision that would have to be made next season as well. And that's also not factoring in the fact that Philly making this trade is not looking for a vet on the final year of his deal. That That's not a thing that they're going to be looking for in order to try to make this work. They're going to want prospects. They're going to want draft picks uh, because they're trying to build themselves back up. Now, Felino's play style would be one that maybe John Tortorella would enjoy. I wouldn't think that uh, Felino would be the worst fit on a Tortorella-led team, but you have a GM that's trying to clean up some of the mess made by Chuck Fletcher, they're going to want younger players. And so a further point to this trade proposal is do you really want to give up a prospect to bring in a guy who really doesn't look that different than the guys that you already have? And that... If you weren't already in the no category, which 
knowing the Lockdown Wild audience, I know a lot of you are already there. That would probably be the one that would move everybody to the other side, to the no column in this type of deal. And so I find it interesting that just because there was interest earlier in this past season, just because there was interest at the trade deadline and Bill Guerin's working the phones trying to come up with some options for depth pieces and upgrades, just because there was interest then does not mean that that interest still exists. And maybe it does. Maybe the Wilds still are interested potentially in the services of Kevin Hayes. I think we have laid out a pretty compelling case as to why it just doesn't seem like a good idea. It just doesn't move the needle enough to where you could call it a substantial upgrade over Marcus Foligno, over Ryan Hartman, over Matt Zuccarello. I just, it doesn't seem like a big enough upgrade to justify what you would have to give up in terms of prospects or picks and what you would have to do in order to fit that salary on your books for the next three seasons. And I don't know. I I feel like there is a higher chance that the Flyers don't find a home for him because of that contract and then end up potentially buying him out in a year and just dealing with that because that's it's it's not a great it's not a great contract and you've got two you've got a team that is dealing with two of those right now i just don't see the likelihood that they take on a third um really in any stretch i would i would put this maybe since it was reported i put it maybe a tick over 0% but i would be shocked if this is something that ends up happening which, why why bring it up here? Well, every now and again, if there is a rumbling or a rumor, we like to try to set the record straight a little closer to home than uh, some of the national outlets are. So I think it's safe to say that Kevin Hayes not going to happen. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that as we um, just... Can let that one speak for itself. We will finish today's episode of Lockdown Wilds talking about the latest rumblings on a couple of different contract situations for the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, one in particular that uh, is going to hit close to home for this show. And so we'll uh, finish today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure that you stay tuned for more player evals as we move throughout the rest of the week. Also, an opportunity for us to take a look at whether or not it makes sense for the Minnesota Wild to try to move up in the draft. And so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Draft is next week, so we'll have some additional coverage for you as the draft unfolds as well. Um, 
with the fact that it has been a little bit of a quieter offseason for the Minnesota Wilds, uh, it is interesting to note that uh, there have been, it seems like more rumblings that if the Brandon Duhame contract situation uh, does not resolve itself in a way that the Wild are comfortable with, that they could look to trade him. With him being a restricted free agent, the Wild do have Duhame's rights, so they could trade him, get something back in return uh, for a player that maybe is asking for more than the Wild ideally are looking for uh, with him. And here is what Joe Smith has to say uh, from the Athletic in his latest roundup in just looking at kind of where things are at um, with Duhame and his contract situation. Duhame is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. He's another guy the Wild would like to keep as he is a versatile fit in the lineup, and you would have to imagine a potential replacement for Marcus Foligno if the veteran isn't re-signed after next season, the last on his contract. If no deal is agreed to with Duhame, he's another player who could be moved. This also on the back of Ryan Reeves reiterating that he wants to come back to Minnesota but would like more than a one-year deal and, as Smith notes, is trying to, quote, squeeze every dollar out of what could be his final NHL contract. It doesn't appear as though a deal is imminent, and he could test free agency July 1st and then circle back with the Wilds. I would say it's a pretty obvious choice between the two as to who should return. And this is a situation, too, where I think the way that the Wild need to play this with Ryan Reeves is let let him see what else is out there. If there is a team that's willing to do... This, is, this to me, is the Nick DeLaurier situation last year all over again is... And I would say, I would say between the two... Reeves provided more value than Delorier did because Delorier brought some muscle at the end of the regular season, but then when the postseason started with St. Louis, was just completely silent. Reeves acquired earlier in the year, helped get the Wild back on track, but similar problem with him is that once the postseason started, things got quiet. And so just... (laughs) Let Reeves see if there's somebody out there that's willing to go to the level of a two-year deal. Deloria got a four-year deal from the Philadelphia Flyers with a full full amount of trade protection, which is just, it's a lot for a fourth-line guy. Ended up being, I think it was close, it was over $2 million per season. You got to just let... Reeves see what's out there. If somebody offers him something that you can't match, well, we would have liked to have had you, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. I I don't really like the idea of going to a second year for a guy who, as Bill Guerin said in his own words, is a specialist. It the the rhetoric, and we'll talk about this as we get to both of their uh, season evals. The rhetoric on both Kalen Addison and Ryan Reeves is interesting because we we harp on Addison so much for being a specialist, 
while not allowing him the opportunity to try to add other components to his game. And then when asked about Ryan Reeves, Bill Guerin says he's the best at what he does, which is being a presence out there. If you're not offering more than that, you're a specialist. So it is interesting that you get that on one side, not a problem, not a problem with it at all. And on the other, you're like, can't have that. Can't have that in the lineup. So it's, I would hope that we're going to start seeing some movement on things. Philip Gustafson's deal, Brandon Duhame's deal, um, getting the ball rolling on a lot of these things with the draft coming up next week um, because there's not going to be a ton in free agency. It's going to be pretty quiet. I think we all knew that coming in, but free agency will be very quiet for this team, uh, and rightfully so. We've we've reiterated all season long, all offseason so far, that these spots in the lineup that need to be plugged should be plugged by younger players. And so it's time to start putting the money where your mouth is as an organization and start giving some of these younger players an opportunity to, uh, to get some play. So big takeaways from today's episode, interest in Kevin Hayes. It's a no from me. It's a definitive no from me for a multitude of reasons. And, um, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how these contract situations play out uh, with Duhame particularly and also with Ryan Reeves. I would say you try to you try to hit a number with Duhame. You go up to a certain point, and if he is not willing to meet that, then you explore other options. But I think you let Reeves make the first move if you're the Wild. Let him see what's out there. If somebody's willing to give him what he's looking for, then you you kind of, you, you oh, darn, would have loved to have been able to make that work. Um, but, but don't be the one to, don't be the one to do it, I don't think. So that's what we've got for you for today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wilds your first listen each and every day. Again, if this is your first time tuning in to Locked on Wild, we're glad to have you and hope that you stick with us through the rest of the offseason, through the draft, and into next year as well. If you are one of the everydayers that tunes in each and every day of the week, we thank you once again, and we look forward to having you back uh, on tomorrow's episode. Either way, make sure that you follow us on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the course of the week. We have new content for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.